Welcome to Spoiler Appetite. I'm Tristan. Oh man. Yeah, as you can tell by the title, I got a lot of Disney stuff to talk about, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there, that's for sure. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it is currently 1:39 a.m. as I started this podcast and um I couldn't have picked a better time to record this podcast honestly because um I bought a certain game a couple weeks back because it was on sale came out this year very controversial and I beat The Last of Us Part 2 I literally beat this game like 40 minutes ago and it's it's interesting I, I just feel like you know I just finished it I you know been playing it for two weeks or so you know here and there and whatnot and so but today I finally finished it and um yeah I you know spoilers for the game I mean there's no way I can't talk about this without spoiling it um I'm sure people who are like listening to this I probably know what happens in the game but I I just feel like it's an interesting game that's for sure now let me take you back to my feelings on the first game now I haven't played it in a long time, but I remember just feeling like, eh, not all that impressed with, but, you know, as I've seen, you know, rewatched a couple of clips or whatever of it as time went on, I I was just never, it, it's pretty good. I, I understand why people love it, and it's like one of the greatest games of all time, and it's a great story, and, you know, I, I totally see why. They're gonna HBO is gonna make it into a series, which is kind of like, well, you don't really need to make it a series because the game is good as is. I mean, even if you take out the gameplay, it's like, you know, it's it's the story and the cutscenes still flow well or whatnot, and you know, it's it's pretty damn great. But um, but yeah, that first game is like regarded as one of the best games of all time and as far as like story wise and narrative wise and yeah I'm totally for it so I remember when they announced The Last of Us Part 2 I don't know what it was but I think it was just that teaser trailer and you know it being the focus on Ellie and whatnot and it's just like there was something going on I was just like okay she's probably going on a revenge quest see my theory was it was, I think it was that first, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was like another trailer for it where we see the girl, Diana, Dinah with Ellie and whatnot at that party and, you know, it cuts back to Ellie and she's like, I'm going to kill them all. And I'm like, oh, so she falls in love with this girl and she's going to go after them. Definitely not the case at all. <laughs> it was not... It was just not what it was. I was expecting, you know. And granted, I when this game came out, I I heard, I heard about one of the leaks, and that was you know Joel dies in this game, and I'm like okay, and everybody was like not happy with that. Well, at least you know it wasn't as bad as say, you know, with the character Abby. But I'll get into that later. But I remember so many people getting upset. And, and all this stuff and I'm like okay I'm not going to jump to conclusions or whatever I'm not going to let that affect me it's like yeah I'm kind of bummed that I 
got that spoiled, but you know what? Once I see it in context, maybe it'll hit me as, you know, because I, I always, because usually when I hear stuff about spoilers in uh, movies or whatever, I'm always like, well, I got to see it in context. Like, yeah, you spoiled it for me, but it's like, now I got to see it in context. And so the the context of it all, it it was just something. So it's it's definitely a game that is just, it's just interesting. I mean, I started playing it. And the first moment, you know, we get to play as Abby or whatever, I I kid you not, I really felt like, you know, had I not known Joel was going to die, just that indication of Abby's looking for somebody in this certain uh, building where Joel and Tommy were, like, they didn't even name drop him or whatever, they were just like, we know he's in there or whatever, and it's like, oh, so, okay, well, this is going to be interesting, and so, it it's just, it was interesting, and seeing it in context, I was, I think I was blown away because of how early it was, too, I was like, this is all in the first act, holy shit, like, I knew it was coming, but, like, I didn't realize this being the first act, like, Jesus Christ, but, um, but yeah, it's just, the game is interesting, I mean, it's very, it's, it's not a mixed bag by any means, but it's just, like, I would say it's probably not as, ooh, I, I don't want to say it's not as satisfying, but it's it's not satisfying, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just have to say it, but um, it's it's good, I don't think it's a masterpiece by any means at all, because it's just, it's just that Abby part, you know, Abby kills Joel or whatever, because Abby's dad was the main surgeon that was gonna you know do the surgery on Ellie from the first game to get that cure from her and whatnot and you know and Joel just being protective of Ellie kills all the fireflies and everybody in that hospital so I I totally got where she was coming from but to have this whole like gameplay with her and to have it match up to Ellie's uh, story in The Last of Us Part 2 was kind of unnecessary. I just felt like it's it's strange. It's a strange way to tell this story. And, you know, I get it. I applaud Naughty Dog for going, taking that risk of, what's it called, of making us feel for Abby and whatnot. And, you know, I felt for Abby too. And, you know, I think what I like about The Last of Us, probably the whole, both games, is like how real and authentic it is like where you know the first one is all about this cure and trying to get Ellie who is immune to all the virus or whatever and zombies and you know she gets bitten doesn't become anything she's just immune to it and you know you know it was very much like this was going to be the beginning of something good but because of what the surgery what the risk was when it came to Ellie's life or whatever, you know, it's, you know, Joel didn't want to do it. Joel didn't have the heart to do it because of that, the bonding that they had over the course of crossing the states and whatnot. It's just like, I, it's just interesting. I, I really did. And so, you know, we cut to part two and it's like, okay, we have 
you know, Ellie going after Abby, and Abby's, like, built like a tank almost, and, you know, getting her backstory and, you know, seeing her side of the story and her perspective, like, you know, she was a firefly, and now she's part of this wolf pack or whatever who's, you know, has a football stadium with all the resources with, and it's just like, it's, it's interesting, and, you know, the game relies at least as the narrative relies on emotions like both of these characters are in pain and you know it they're in so much pain that they turn that pain into revenge quest and you know Ellie's side of the story she's not okay with it like she's like she has that need for wanting to take out Abby but you know as you play the game it's like Especially with that ending. It's just like... Man, like, she had the chance to kill her, but she doesn't. Because I just feel like that wouldn't satisfy her. I don't know. It's just... It's interesting. I don't know. The Abby stuff or whatever just kind of just... I don't know, man. Like, I I liked it, but, man, there were definitely moments where playing Abby, I'm like, this is kind of stretching just a bit and you know i i literally watched a spoiler review for it uh coming from one of my favorite youtubers jeremy johnson he know what he put it best he basically said basically said in the terms of like they should have just split this story this specific story into two parts where you know and part two could have been about you know the falling out between joel and ellie or whatever and yet have that, you know, the beginnings of Abby trying to find Joel or whatever and all, and her backstory and whatnot. And, you know, have the third game be about this ending between Ellie and Abby or whatever. What happens when, you know, you start off with Abby finding uh, Joel and whatnot and then killing him and then, I don't know, it, 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 it. It's I I couldn't agree more with what Jeremy Johns basically said, and you know I again it's not bad by any means, but you know for what I got it for thirty dollars or something like that, it it was worth the thirty dollars. I don't know if I would go out of my way to pay exactly sixty bucks or so because I was just like I I don't mind it. And granted, stealth games are not. I'm not too good at stealth games. I mean, you know, it was a chore to get through and whatnot. And, you know, you know it's bad when you have to put on aim assist and, like, all this stuff to the point where, you know, you just you just have to turn it off because it gets so distracting. Like, the aim assist for <laughs> this game was just, like, so distracting. Like, trying to get that those headshots or whatever. But, man... The cursor, which is always like reset back to the the uh, the body or whatever, not the head, and it's just like, oh my god, this is annoying as hell. And you know, I don't know. I just there were definitely things I liked. I mean, I was very much invested in Ellie's story more more so than Abby's because you know I liked Abby's story, and you do get that sense that she she basically did it out of revenge, but doesn't feel comfortable with it like she doesn't regret it 
but there's just that sense of like, you know, trying to move on, but not really. Like, you know, she comes with her backstory, and it's just like, okay, cool. But I was more invested in Ellie, well, I'm sure like most of us were, because it's just like, you know, Ellie was going to get this ending. Like, I, I legit thought the ending was where, you know, she she and Dinah and Dinah's kid or whatever and Ellie's being a stepmom and they're on that farm and all that jazz and it's just like, I thought that was the ending, but no, you know, Tommy comes back and he's like, she's here, Abby's here and we can go find her and all this stuff and then, you know, it it broke my heart to see Ellie. It's just like, having that PTSD of, like, seeing Joel being clubbed to death or whatever, and, you know, her just being like, I have to do this, I have to really do this, even though Abby told her, you know, if I see you again, I'm gonna kill you, or whatever, which I gotta say, I, I really thought that boss battle where you play as Abby and you go up against Ellie, was probably awesome. I thought it was a really cool uh, boss battle because it's just like, okay, it's sort of like playing against myself almost, you know? She's got all the gadgets and all the weapons and you got to sneak around and all this business. And yeah, it was definitely difficult at times for sure. And But I had a lot of fun with it. But yeah, it's just like, you know, I get it, you know? I was hoping that would be the ending, but then again, it's just like, you know what? This game is all about, like, trying to go for that realism stuff. And, you know, she doesn't, you know, Ellie doesn't kill Abby at the end or whatever. Because it's just like, you know, Ellie does some really shitty things. Like, she kills a pregnant woman at one point just to find Abby. And it's just like, dude, this is, it's all about pain and, you know, that's what the game is. It's just all about pain and whatnot. And I, you know, look, I liked it. I don't think it's a masterpiece, as I said, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, there are definitely moments I liked, like, you know, just that whole farm sequence. I really love that farm sequence up until Ellie's like, no, I got to go find, you know, Abby and finish her off. And, yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, that's the other case. It's like, will there be a third one? Will there be a third game? I don't see how there will be a third game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? With that HBO show of The Last of Us, and if it goes well and they want to do uh, two or whatever, I'm curious to see if you know, they'll split it up or whatever, you know, because I just really feel like, oh, I don't even know how you would do two as a mini series or as a series or whatever, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, The Last of Us Part Two, I think is worth, you know, half price, you know, that's just me, but yeah, I just, I just finished it and I just, I don't even know what to say, like, and there's a game plus mode or whatever, and I'm just like, I don't think I want to play that story again. I mean, I mean, if you just cut out the Abby stuff, sure, fine, you know. I I mean, I get it. You just want to see, 
you want to see they want to do the perspective of Abby and humanize her and you know see from where she's coming from I get that but yeah I don't know Last of Us Part 2 yeah it was it was okay it was alright but yeah so that's the Last of Us Part 2 I just I just felt like I just had to get my quick thoughts out because I just felt like if I sat on this for the next episode of this podcast I don't I don't think I would just I don't think I would have the words for it because this is all coming fresh just like literally finished around 1 a.m so but anyways so let's dive into the topics that I have so first things first now Kingsman I love Kingsman I love the first one second one it's a bit of a cheese ball um so Matthew Vaughn wants to do seven more Kingsman movies now I I don't even know what to say to that honestly I mean granted I like the first one a lot. I mean, it's basically hardcore James Bond, basically. And, you know, it is goofy. And I I thoroughly love it. I think it's just this nice little gem of a movie that maybe didn't need a sequel. Because, I don't know, the the sequel is just a bit of... Just they... uh, What's it called? They turn up the level on the campiness. And it's just like, I don't know about this. And then... It's just kind of a weird movie. Like, look, I, I'm i pretty much blocking out that second movie. But I will say, I am definitely looking forward to this prequel movie. Of It's just called The King's Man and whatnot. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. You know, you got Ray Ralph Fiennes in the main role. And, you know, it's set in World War, what is it, 1 or 2? I cannot remember. It's, I think it's World War 1. But yeah, it's just, I I like the feel of it because it feels like, you know, it kind of feels like we're going to the original roots and, you know, it's not going to be camping or anything, but it's just going to be smooth and the action looks pretty nice. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this prequel, honestly, but, you know, if, you know, if all goes well, we might get seven more movies, but then again, that all depends on the money, so... But yeah, I don't know how I feel about seven more, honestly. Are we sequelizing the stuff in the present day? Or are we just... Like, where are we taking this exactly? Like, what do you mean you want to do seven more? Like, are we going to, you know, flip-flop from, you know, from the stuff in the past and the present? Is that what you're kind of doing? You're going to split some of these movies up? So... I don't know. And I like Matthew Vaughn as a director. I mean, I love Kick-Ass. I especially love what he did with X-Men First Class, which I feel like doesn't get enough love, honestly, because that movie, that movie's just classic. Like, that is that is the X-Men movie where I felt like this feels like an X-Men movie, whereas with those other X-Men movies, specifically the main ones with X-Men, X-Men 2, and then than X-Men Days of Future Past where it feels like uh, it's more of Wolverine and the X-Men more so those first three movies honestly but yeah I'm looking forward to well I'm sorry going back to X-Men First Class I lost my train of thought just now but um, but yeah I love X-Men First Class and so I'm just kind of like I kind of wish you would do 
something else that's not this like you know I want to see you do new things with you know I don't mind you going back and doing Kingsman or whatever but it's like you know just kind of want to see you do your own thing and whatnot. but you know hey he's one and one for Kingsman the Kingsman movies for me so who knows maybe the prequel will be two and one for me but yeah seven more I don't know about that um so Netflix is going to have a show hosted by Nicolas Cage called The History of Swear Words. Now, I if you had pitched me this idea and this was going to Netflix or whatever and they would need a host, Nick Nicolas Cage is perfect. I I just feel like with his craziness and attitude or whatever, He's perfect. I honestly think he's perfect for it. And, you know, I can't wait to learn about the history of, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's bitch, pussy, uh, cunt, and some other ones. I didn't write them all down. But, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this show. It's just kind of interesting. You add in Nick Cage. And all his wackiness. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, that's how I feel about that. There's really not much I can talk about that, honestly. But here is something I can talk about as much. So, we got some Spider-Man 3 news. Specifically, MCU Spider-Man 3 news. First, it was Alfred Mulaney is coming back. Reprising his role as Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus. And then, not much later on that day, I read that, you know, it's, apparently it's official. Uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, as well as Kirsten Dunst, are coming back for Spider-Man 3, which I say, okay, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised because of the fact that we got the announcement of Jamie Foxx as Electro is coming back. And, you know, at the time I was thinking, okay, is this the same Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Or is it a different version? I don't know. But, you know, with what I just said just now, I probably is the case. And, you know, I'm kind of conflicted on this one, honestly. Because at the same... Because of, because on one hand, I'm like, okay, this feels, you know, feels gimmicky to me, honestly. And, you know, I understand why people are loving this and all this business. And, you know, it just feels like ever since Into the Spider-Verse came out, everybody's been wanting, thinking, you know, just been mocking up, like, some posters of, like, the live-action Spider-Man and one movie and I'm just like oh of course y'all would do that but you know I I just feel like I don't know I don't I don't know I I just feel like it's it's too soon or whatever but since you know we're getting Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and supposedly that's going to play into Spider-Man 3 or is it going to it's going to lead into Spider-Man 3 which makes sense because Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3. So, I mean, I don't know. 
it's just it feels weird and you know sometimes I'm like you know I mean I'm sure this was their plan you know well Kevin Feige's plan of playing with the multiverse and whatnot but I don't know I really don't know I just feel like you know sometimes nostalgia isn't a good idea you know bring it back something just for the sake of nostalgia isn't a good idea because you know I get it fans are gonna go crazy for it but I don't know just I don't know I, I mean look I am looking forward to it I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it what what the story is gonna be about I mean personally for me I kind of want to see Spider-Man be on the run because his identity is out there but then again I guess they'll just shove this to the side and be like you know they'll probably have a scroll you know transform into Peter Parker and that way Spider-Man can be right there and you know call that whole bit fake news from Mysterio or whatever because he was a bad guy and all that fun business but yeah I don't know I don't know and, you know, with the Alfred uh, Mulaney coming back as Dr. Otto Octavius, the first thing that came to mind, I'm just like, okay, so are they going to pull him out of, are they going to pull him before or after he went crazy or whatever? Or because, you know, if we're going to, like, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm just reading way too much into it because it's like, okay, if you're bringing him back, but I don't, because, you know, if, I mean, because, you know, as you remember, Dr. Octopus dies at the end of Spider-Man 2. He drowns or whatever, so he's not really alive. So, I'm just, I'm kind of wondering, like, are, so when this happens, are the events of Spider-Man 2 going to lead into, well, Spider-Man 2, those events coming from, there like is the plot of Spider-Man 2 going to be integrated into the main plot of this or whatever like I don't know I I just have so many questions like I just I just want to see how they do this and you know I don't know and also you know because it's just like okay how do you bring Tom Tobey Maguire back and Alfred Molini as Dr. Octopus unless you're doing you know unless Spider-Man 2 is going on and then you know that that plot kind of stops because there's a rift in the multiverse or whatever and I I just don't know I mean I don't know maybe it's a I don't know maybe it's a maybe it's gonna be a different sort of timeline maybe that's the case I don't know but it's this feels weird but I don't know I don't know and you know it is kind of gonna be nice to see where what you know the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man have been up to if they're just gonna completely as far as Tobey Maguire goes they're gonna completely ignore Dr. Otto Octavius died in Spider-Man 2 uh it's gonna be interesting to see what they play with the idea of like whether those two Spider-Men are at in their lives and whatnot like I I'm hoping for I'm not I, I honestly hope we do not get a paint by the numbers sort of like we don't get that Peter B. Parker-esque like for the Tobey Maguire or whatever because like we don't need that we don't really need that I mean I just you know maybe the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man has settled down with the kid or so 
and you know is still being Spider-Man or whatever. I don't know. It's just it's gonna be interesting because I mean I imagine it's gonna be set in like real time, of course. So, but yeah, it's just it's gonna be interesting to see all this stuff. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about that whole thing. And also, you know, I might as well talk about it. This whole rumor of Daredevil, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, is going to be in Spider-Man 3 as well. There's a rumor that's going around like that, and you know what? I know it's just a rumor, but you know what? Since we're on the topic, I might as well talk about it. Um, You know, there's a lot of people, you know, putting it out there, save Daredevil and whatnot. Now, look, I can't be a part of it. Because of the fact that, look, I am a big fan of Daredevil. I mean, I've read comics of Daredevil. I've been a Daredevil fan since the Ben Affleck movie. And, you know, I still think that movie... I wouldn't... Uh, I'll just say it's a guilty pleasure, maybe. Haven't watched it in a while. I know there's some terrible fucking scenes in that movie. But, like, I still kind of like it-ish. But, yeah, I like Daredevil. Daredevil is my favorite Marvel character ever. And, you know, I'll never forget the day when they when Netflix dropped all of season one. And I'm just like, I gotta see this. And just loving it. Now, I, I say, you know, I think if Marvel is gonna do Daredevil again, Kevin, Kevin Feige wants to bring in Daredevil again, they should just reboot it. Just straight up reboot it. Because of the fact that one, you know, I I don't I do not want to see a watered down version, at least for that iteration of Daredevil for the MCU. Like that iteration is very adult, mature. I don't need to see him I don't need to see that iteration the MCU at all. Like it just wouldn't feel right to me at all. If you're going to do Daredevil, do a different one. Like, do a different iteration, get a new actor or whatever. You know, I love Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Like, I love that show. I really fucking do. And, you know, to me, it's like, you know, they had the rights back. Like, I I wouldn't do another season because, honestly, to be really honest with y'all, I really felt like it wrapped up perfectly, minus the stupid post credit scene. At the end of season three, but yeah, I just why would you want to bring that iteration back? It's like yeah, it's great. Don't get me wrong, like that show was peak Daredevil. Like it'll never get better than that iteration at all. But you know what? That's not what I'm looking for. I don't need to, to see the next iteration be better than the one before or the one that I liked beforehand. I just I don't know. I just it really grinds my gears. You know, the notion of bringing Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil, that iteration to the MCU. Like, I, we don't need that. No, I do not want to see that. Nor do I want to see any of those characters come back. Like, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Like, no, I don't need to see that come back. Because it just doesn't... That iteration just doesn't fit with the MCU. And, you know, I know... They made references or whatever to the MCU movies or whatever. But honestly, you cut those out. They weren't, you know, those those shows were really not in the MCU. Like, 
And there was no way they were going to bring him into the movies. Are you kidding me? Like, they're so... Those shows were so adult, it's not even funny. But yeah, I just... I just can't get over the notion of... Or even the possibility of bringing Charlie Cox, Daredevil, that iteration to the MCU. Because then it's like, oh, if you're going to do that, might as well bring the whole gang. And it's just like... I don't know. I liked, you know, minus Iron Fist, of course, and bits and pieces of uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage or whatever. But I, you know, I liked it when it was just its own little thing or whatever. I just, I don't know. There's something that feels so wrong about bringing that into the MCU or whatever. But, you know, again, if if it does happen, cool great you know people that wanted this are gonna get it but for me i'm just like i'll 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 be curious i'll be interested but it's definitely not something i would do so i'm hoping you know if you know kevin foggy has any plans for daredevil just reboot it don't you don't have to continue that last iteration because peak daredevil just yeah but any event Let's talk about <laughs> at least the selective uh, news from this Disney shareholder uh, announcement or whatever. So they had, you know, Disney had a shareholder, uh, what's it called, presentation or whatever. And some shit was just dropped. And, you know, I, I <laughs> there was so much I didn't even know what to even start with honestly but uh let's just let's just go through the list i think the one that's really fascinating to me is the uh they announced that alien you know that ridley scott alien is gonna have an fx show coming from noah holly who did i believe he did fargo and legion he's gonna do a alien movie I am so curious about this because of the fact that it's like, you know, what was it? Last year, the year before? No, it was last year. They, you know, Disney bought Fox Studios for like $70 billion or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. You guys have all this IP you know, I was wondering if you guys were going to do anything with these other IPs or whatever. And looks like it's going to be it's going to be a show. The first one being Alien is going to be an FX show. Very curious to see what that's going to look like, honestly. And I don't know. Just the thought of Alien being a show has so many... Has the potential of being something cool and great. I mean, damn, I... I can't remember who holds the rights to Terminator or whatever, but, you know, Terminator, I feel like Terminator just needs to be a series. You know, it it was a series once, and from what I heard, it was great. Take Terminator back to just do that as a show or whatever. Um, but yeah, Alien being a show for FX seems pretty cool, honestly. Um, what else did they announce? They announced that... uh. What is this? Uh, Patty Jenkins is directing a Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie. Now, I 
I'm very, like, you know, for a while I've been saying, you know, I always feel like, you know, what Disney should do with Star Wars is take anything out of the Skywalker timeline. Now, from from just the title alone, Rose, uh, Rogue Squadron, um, I mean, all right, fine. I'm curious because it's just going to be about pilots. And, you know, that video she released, they released of Patty Jenkins talking about her father being a pilot it's very inspiring, and you know, I'm I'm very curious to see what that's gonna look like. I mean, Patty Jenkins did a great job with, you know, Wonder Woman and her other movies, which is, I mean, damn, like give this woman anything, honestly. And so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Are we? Is the Rogue Squadron gonna be about Wedge and Tilly's and all that? You know, is it going to be about, you know, uh, you know, those squadrons, you know what I'm talking about, red, blue, gold, all those squads or whatever, like, is that going to be the case? I'm, I'm just kind of curious what that's going to look like. They also announced a Lando series is coming from Dear White People writer Justin Simon, Simon? I think that's his last name. If not, I apologize. But yeah, dude, like, oh my god. Please bring Donald Glover back as Lando Calrissian. Like, I, I've i always said, you know, Han, the, the Solo movie, I wasn't a fan of it. You know, there are things I like, but overall I'm just like, eh. But the one thing I really fucking loved was Donald Glover as Lando. And, you know... And since they're going to do the series for Disney+, Plus, really hope they bring Donald Glover back because, man, he was the man. And, you know, I like Dear White People. I really did the Netflix show. It was really it was really good. I, I really liked it. I think there's like three seasons. And so I'm just like, okay, I like your work, Justin. So, yeah, bring me a Lando series, please. So, Ahsoka series. There's a Soka Tano series coming now. All I am going to talk about Clone Wars after I get through all these Disney shareholder news or whatever. But they announced a live action Ahsoka movie. Now, from that episode, Grand Admiral Thrawn name drop. Now, people have been saying, when are we going to see Thrawn? And honestly, this is where I feel like we're going to see Thrawn. If we're going to see Thrawn... In any series, upcoming series, it's this one, honestly. Because, yeah, Ahsoka's looking for Ezra Bridger or whatever. I haven't watched Rebels yet. I'm going to get to it. Don't worry. But I know what happens at the end. So, yeah, an Ahsoka series with um, Rosario Dawson. Great. Can't wait to check that out. They also announced a Rangers of the New Republic, and this is going to take place in the Mandalorian timeline. Now, I imagine it that has to do with something about uh, Cara Dune's character in Mandalorian, about how she's going to be a Ranger of the New Republic, and I don't know if it's... I can't remember if this. they said this is going to tie into the First Order, or the, the foundings in the First Order, which is like, okay, cool. So yeah. 
Rangers of the of the Republic. Okay, of the New Republic. Sorry. So, yeah, another series I'm looking forward to, and they dropped the first trailer is Loki, and it's coming in May 2021. Now, I'm I'm very. This trailer was all kinds of wacky. Also, Owen Wilson's in it. Uh wow. I haven't seen that guy in a while. So, you know, Loki's going to do all kinds of timey-wimey kind of things. See, possibly seeing different kinds of uh, uh, timelines. Like, you know, from what we saw in the trailer, there is a moment, there's a quick moment where Loki's in, looks like he's in New York, and in the background... New York is destroyed. You even see Avengers Tower destroyed now. Is that part of the uh, Tachari uh, invasion? I gotta imagine so. Also, I love the new headpiece that Loki has with the the helmet and whatnot. It looks pretty dope. Like, it looks like he can actually move his head and whatnot. Looks comfy. So yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what all this timey-wimey shenanigans is going to be about that's for damn sure so yeah that's it and what else now here's one that really really got me so they announced that john watts the guy that did both the mcu spider-man movies is going to direct marvel's first family fantastic four I could not be more excited for that news. Like, when I read Marvel's First Family, I was like, oh my god, Fantastic Four. Like, I can't even, I can't even concede this, this news, you know? Like, I can't really get over it because, you know, I, I haven't watched the, uh, the first, the very first Fox, uh, movies with, uh, Fantastic Four and Rise of the Silver Surfer. I haven't watched those since those first came out. And, you know, with the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie, which I thought was okay up until, like, the one year later transition. That's when it all went to hell in my mind. So, the fact that we're going to see the Fantastic Four, and I, I'm surprised. Now, they're saying it's only, it's in development. But I, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't be more excited for it. And, you know, kind of, you know, what kind of kills me is the fact that, you know, if only Stan Lee was here to see the MCU version of Fantastic Four. That's, that's kind of what kills me about this whole thing. But I, I am, I'm so, I'm so excited to see it. I'm so glad they announced that they're going to do a Fantastic Four movie before, you know, X-Men. Because, you know, Fantastic Four hasn't, you know, you know, lately, as far as, like, live action goes, they haven't had the best uh, track record. So, I'm just, I'm happy to see that, you know, they're going to do Fantastic Four before they do X-Men and whatnot. It's just like, damn right, damn right. Like, I'm so excited. I will say, you know, I kind of wish Peyton Reed was directing it because I read somewhere online where he was initially going to do a Fantastic Four movie and he was going to take it back to the uh, to the 60s and I'm just like that would have been 
that would have been interesting to see. A period piece, Fantastic Four movie. Hell yes, I would have loved to see that. But yeah, that's... That's... Yeah, I just... I, I couldn't be more excited to see a Fantastic Four movie. Especially in the MCU. And you know, I don't know who they are going to cast or whatever. I mean, I've seen a bunch of fan cast of uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Which I'm like, you know, I think he could do it. He could really do it. I've only seen him in A Quiet Place and that's about it. And they also want his wife to be in it. Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. And you know what? I wouldn't mind that at all. I think she's a great actress. I mean, I've seen her in Edge of Tomorrow, A Quiet Place, so many other movies. She's great. And so, I don't even know. I, you know, I'm definitely in that camp of like fan casting for those two. But yeah, Fantastic Four. Oh my god, I can't believe it's coming. Now, this. Now, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to this Disney shareholder news. This is probably my favorite announcement or at least one or at least half of this announcement uh the first half of this announcement that i that's my favorite is that they finally confirmed obi-wan kenobi series is coming they got a logo and they're saying it takes place 10 years after revenge of the sith i'm very surprised that it's it's going to be it's going to take that like time period because I initially thought, oh, it's probably going to be maybe a couple years or so, if not right after the events of Revenge of the Sith. But no, it's going to be 10 years, and you know, I'm very excited to see that. I just, I remember seeing this news on my Twitter, and it was just like, oh my god, it's coming! Holy fuck, it's coming! I can't wait to see it! Especially Deborah Chow is going to write all this stuff, because her episodes of the first season of Mandalorian were great like her episodes were awesome but um but yeah and then of course the other half of this news story with the Kenobi series which I could care less about but I'm at the same time I'm like well I'm kind of curious to see what this is going to look like and that is Hayden Christensen is coming back as Vader in the series now a lot of people are saying, you know, he's going to be Vader, he's going to be in the suit, but my mind is kind of like, but, like, what if he's not in the suit? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, maybe, what if it's, like, you know, what if it's, like, a mental force battle of some sort, where they're not, like, physically fighting or whatever, it's, like, mentally they're fighting in some sort of force you know, field of some sort, and you know, you see Anakin, aka Vader, or Vader, but not with his suit on or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious to see how this is gonna go because I don't know. It's kind of, I really don't know. It's weird to think of seeing Vader and Obi Wan fight pre before. A New Hope. It's kind of weird. It's like, okay, so so he's going to be not on Tatooine, obviously. He's going to be off on another planet when he faces Vader or whatever. Which, okay, cool, I guess. I don't know, because I don't know. It's, I don't know. I mean, had they not said Vader was going to be in this series, I just would have assumed that 
you know, Obi-Wan, the, the show would be just taking place on Tatooine, and, you know, he's going to fight off, like, Tusken Raiders and all kinds of crazy uh, pirates or whatever in the show. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I hate to be that guy, but hopefully uh, Hayden's acting skills are better than what I've previously seen, previously seen in, you know, the prequel trilogy or whatever. I mean, it's been some time, so it's been 15 years. I mean, he can't... I'm pretty sure his acting skills are, like, improved. I mean, damn. If not, shit. That's gonna be a bummer. But, yeah, honestly, that's all I really want to talk about as far as shareholder news goes or whatever. So... The last thing I want to talk about, and I didn't even have it in my notes here, is uh, I finished The Clone Wars. I know the last episode, I was just basically saying how I felt about it so far or whatever. So I I just felt like, you know what, this is where I finished it. I'm going to talk about it. So I'll just take you back to where this all started. Like, why did I want to start this? It all started with, well, it's just kind of just that sense of, like, I want to put my Disney Plus, I want to make use of my Disney Plus account. And, you know, I, you know, growing up as a, you know, growing up, uh, I didn't watch many cartoons or whatever. I, like, had a little few cartoon shows that I would watch, but I remember specifically after NN Eddie, wasn't really into cartoons, so I totally missed out on, well... Even Justice League and, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender. But even then, that was still going on when Ed and Eddie was on the air. But, I don't know. And, you know, I remember watching the Clone Wars movie. And, you know, I did watch the Clone Wars movie before I binged all of the, uh, the series and whatnot. And so, but, and it's it's still a shitty movie, but whatever. But, yeah, I I just always had it in my head growing up as a kid. It's just like, okay... Star Wars, to me, is the live-action movies. Nothing else really matters to me, you know? I was very small-minded, you know? I mean, shit, it didn't take me till I was, like, 18 to, like, fully sit down and watch all the Justice League animated episodes, you know? All those episodes and, you know, going back to the Batman the Animated Series, and I'm just like, oh, shit, this is great. This is really great. And so, you know, and plus it's like, you know, I never started Clone Wars either because you know I I grew up with the prequel trilogy you know I'm thankful for that trilogy and all but nowadays can't stand that fucking trilogy I like I can't even watch that trilogy like I have no interest in it because I think it that trilogy is so bad like the ideas are there but man the execution sucks balls but um but you know, and that's kind of another kind of another reason why I didn't watch the Clone Wars because I'm like I don't, I don't really care about the prequel era. But you know what, I bit the bullet because I've heard so many great things about it. And granted, I've had some of this stuff spoiled for me, but it don't matter. So I finished it, and you know, at the end of the day, I will say it's a mixed bag for me. It, it very much is still a mixed bag but I will say this there's more pros than there are cons and you know the con the uh, the pros being you know just again this appreciation for the characters like you actually 
made me it actually made me feel for these characters like they actually made me gave a fuck about these characters while not really deviating from you know the characters that we see in the prequel trilogy at all like and you know I especially love like there's just some interesting arcs you know how they bring Maul back or whatever like that was fascinating I mean even though it's a stretch to what's it called to you know got to what's it called just you know buy in how Maul survived or whatever because he has revenge and whatnot he held on to that hatred or whatever but you know arcs like that especially with like what's it called the Mandalore uh, planet where it's very much like you know the Duchess Satine wants to just be peaceful doesn't want to get into this Republican separatist uh uh, battle or whatever the Clone Wars and it's just really cool and you know I also love the show just because of the fact that you know some episodes don't even focus on the main you know characters from the uh, prequel trilogy like some episodes are just straight up about uh, clones or whatever and you know it's kind of cool to see stuff like that and that's that's another thing I love about the show is like seeing these little moments in the show, like, for example, Count Dooku training, um, Savage and whatnot, like, that was fascinating to me, like, I was very interested in that, I was very, you know, again, the Mandalore, that whole arc, and how Maul becomes a part of that, and how he takes over Mandalore, like, that was cool shit, like, I had no clue that, you know, in the show, the Duchess Satine doesn't want, you know, Mandalorians or whatever on the planet. She just wants to keep the peace or whatever. And, you know, Duchess Satine and Obi-Wan Kenobi were a thing. It's just like, oh, wow. And the fact that Obi-Wan just basically said, no, I can't do this because I'm part of the Jedi uh, Council or whatever. You know, it was just like, wow, shit like that is just amazing. Now... I just, I'm just like, it was just so great. It's little moments like this, you know, and it's great. I really like it for that. Now, as far as the cons go or whatever, you know, for me personally, it's, you know, you know how I was saying, like, there are some episodes that don't focus on the main characters or whatever, and they focus on other characters. Some of those other characters I couldn't give a fuck about. Like, there are some episodes that are just like, oh my god, this is painful to watch. And, you know, I know there is a list out there of how to watch The Clone Wars. But I just felt like, if I'm going to watch The Clone Wars, I might as well watch it all. And so, but man, (laughs) I, I just, there are some episodes where I was just like, I don't give a fuck what's going on. Like, any time that... There was an episode that featured Jar Jar Beings. I was just like, nope, don't want this, don't like it at all, hate it, can't stand it. Uh, there was there was a long, there was this long fucking story arc with R2-D2 and these other droids that, and this uh, map coordinator that had to go steal this map from the Separatists that, then they, you know, they crash land to this uh, planet that's like, just empty or whatever and then you know they get lost then they find this little town then they find a clone trooper which was pretty cool 
to see that they found a clone trooper who had amnesia and doesn't remember how they ended up here only to sacrifice himself just so that the droids can get away but yeah that whole arc was fucking dumb that was just pointless I mean there's a lot of episodes that I couldn't care about but the but again, there are some other other episodes that are like that, but there are those episodes are kind of they're they are interesting. Other than that, oh my god. Um what else didn't I like? Um that's really all I can think of honestly and I don't know. I will say there are some episodes where people love it. I I I will say when you know, there was the episode where Obi-Wan Anakin and Ahsoka go to this planet where they meet the father, the son, and the daughter. And from my understanding, they are the manifest of the Force. And it's like, okay, you know, every time we try to explain what the Force is or whatever, or try to go into the depths of the origin, I just be like, that just needs to fucking stop. Like, just keep it simple, you know. The Force binds us together, surrounds us, and all that business. You know, just leave it at that, you know, just leave it at that I will say it was pretty fucking cool to hear Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn like that was pretty fucking dope to see or hear mainly and it was also dope to hear him again when you know Yoda goes to train to learn about how he can you know not force ghost but basically speak be conscious after he's dead or whatever that eh, you know, it was cool to hear Qui-Gon Jinn, but that too just felt like, I don't think we needed this. Like, I really don't think we needed that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Clone Wars, man, like, I, it's really, really good. Also, I'll just talk about the last season. The final episode, uh, the final season is very interesting. And, you know, what I especially liked about it is how it is very much, like, they don't shy away from what came beforehand. You know, in Clone Wars, what's also great about Clone Wars is how fucking brutal it is. And, you know, you see that specifically with, uh, I feel like, with Darth Maul. Darth Maul, when they bring Darth Maul back, they don't just bring him back. They make him vicious as fuck, dude. Like, it's fucking insane. Like, he is so goddamn hellbent. On making like people's lives a fucking living hell, but he's smart about it too. Like he's very smart about it. But man, the the show is very fucking brutal. You know, you see uh, characters uh, get uh, decapitated, and you know, you see some people get impaled. And the show is fucking brutal, dude. And, you know, the final season does a great job at, like, you know, being brutal as well. And, you know, the last season, I will say, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre that they were given 13 episodes. And, you know, I I didn't mind the four, you know, what was it, the four, first four episodes or whatever with the Bad Batch or whatever, which... You know, I just kind of rolled my eyes at those characters. I was like, oh, God, what is this shit? But, you know, what's crazy, though, is... I'm getting off topic real quick. Crazy about the last uh, season is how 
updated it is with the animation like it's updated and it's the same look and style but it's like it's very clear and smooth but uh but anyways the first four episodes of the final season were just like oh my god okay it's like okay not terrible i mean i kind of was hoping that when they went to go save echo that he was actually dead or whatever because it's just like you know I mean, there could be stakes, right? Like, there are stakes in this uh, episodes. I mean, yeah, we there are certain clone troopers we follow that do get killed off. And, you know, Echo is just like, you know, we didn't... I mean, okay, I get it. You know, he was uh, part of, like, the uh, the commander and, you know, scoping out, you know, strategic plans on how to take out the droids or whatever and all that business. But it was just like, you know... We didn't need this, you know. You you just could have been left to like stay dead. Like that's just me. That's just me. And then you know you get to the other, the middle section of the episodes, which is basically catching up with the Soga. Where has she been? What's she been up to? And oh my god, that was painful. I mean, talk about filler episodes. Holy shit. I mean, you really. You really could have skipped those episodes, especially when you get to the last three episodes or four episodes. Yeah, four episodes. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. The last four episodes, you could have just watched the last four episodes. Like, that's going to be part of that list. When you watch The Clone Wars, I feel like the last four episodes are going to be part of that list of how you should watch The Clone Wars. And... Because, man, the last four episodes of The Clone Wars are just great. You know, that's how you could have ended this series. Just have those four ser- uh, four episodes. Like, because at the end of the day, it's just, I don't think you would be lost at all. You know? I, I just, I don't know. But, you know, the four last four episodes are all about... Um, I'm sorry, I just got distracted for a second. Uh, the last four episodes are about um, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan going to Mandalore and taking out Maul for one last time and capturing him. And, you know, it's it's the end of the beginning. You know, it's basically, you know, Maul is just there on Mandalore just waiting or whatever, hoping that Anakin comes to him. Since Maul has been having these weird dreams and is sensing like something big is coming. He just doesn't know what it is, but something big is coming. And, you know, I like that even he was fucking scared of what was to come. He doesn't know what it was, but he knew something big was coming. And it had to do something with Anakin Skywalker. And, dude, like, it, that, I... I had to talk about that battle between Ahsoka Tano and uh, Darth Maul. And, you know, even now, like, I think Ahsoka Tano is a cool character. I don't, I'm not crazy for her like some fans are, but I totally see the appeal. I mean, it, it's just like you watch Ahsoka Tano become, you know, you watch her path as a Padawan to eventually leaving because, you know, Jedi Council aren't fucking perfect because they're like they're kind of quick to like make uh 
what's called decisions. So I totally got where she was coming from when she left the order. And yeah, but seeing... But man, seeing that battle between Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul... I mean, I feel like if you hadn't told me it was motion captured, I probably would have figured it out. Because it's it's you can totally tell it's motion captured at times. And but dude, it does not disappoint. It's very exciting. It's thrilling. It's so goddamn beautiful. It's almost like it's very fucking cinematic. Like to watch that battle on the big screen would be fucking something. Because it's just like Again, going back to the animation, there's something about the animation, specifically right here with this battle, is where it's like something is like, something is so beautiful right here, I can't, I don't even know if there's a word for it, because it's just like, there's something about this animation that's just flowing so beautiful, and it's just like, what is going on here? I just... I can't even. I can't even. It was so great. And you know how it all ends. Darth Maul gets captured. It's just like he's just wailing like. No let me go. Just let me die. And all this stuff. It's just like dude. This is. But man. We get to that last episode. And man. Dude. That that last episode was fucking tense dude. Ahsoka. And basically the beginning of Order 66. Like, dude, I could watch any... Like, I could watch anything Star Wars related that deals with a different perspective on um, uh, Order 66. Like, I could watch... You know, it was... You know, I didn't play Jedi Fallen Order. I mainly just watched a full gameplay of Jedi Fallen Order and... It wasn't until I I watched that whole thing where I was like, dude, I I would love to see more of this shit. Like, I would love to see more different and new perspectives on Order 66 with any other Jedi. Like, I I could watch a whole fucking movie about that, honestly. I really could. Because that was just like, I mean, I don't know if that was the first time we've ever seen, you know, a different perspective on... Order 66 happening or whatever. But that was awesome as shit. But this one takes the cake for sure. Specifically because of the fact that. When it happens and. You could just. There was just something so. Poetic about it. Like I knew. That I I knew. The whole season was basically spoiled for me. But even as I was watching this last episode. And I know Order 66 was coming. There was just something about it that was just like very nerve wracking. Like you could just feel any minute now it's gonna happen. How are they? And that was my one question. As I was watching this, I'm like, how are they gonna? Like, what's gonna? Like, I just I was just waiting for that moment. It's like, what's it gonna look like when you know? How are they gonna? What's it called? God, how are they gonna show us Order sixty six? Like, how is it gonna like happen? You know, and we hear all the events from Mace Windu fighting Darth Sidious and then Anakin getting involved and hearing Hayden Christensen and Samuel L. Jackson and Ian McDermott. 
and then it just happens and you know Ahsoka's just like blocking deflecting all the blasters and all that stuff and it's just like dude what's going on what the fuck and it it was really great especially when they executed in the way of like you know Ahsoka barely made it out alive and the fact that she was able to save Commander Rex was just fucking crazy and and again drawing back from the previous season where uh fives uh clone trooper 555 or whatever knew that something was going on he didn't know what it was but it was in everybody else's uh and all the other clones head or whatever you know i just loved how the people that i don't even know what the the race is called but i just love how they were just like oh no it's only just in case you know they go against uh bad jedis or whatever they go against jedis you know so much for free will you know but uh but yeah i just love the sense of like they barely made it out alive and you know i also love the fact that it they showed ahsoka struggling you know and just you know barely making out alive it was just it was great man and the fact that they ended the season where you see vader and the clone wars animation which looked fucking dope it was just great i liked how it ended and you know i don't know if i would rewatch it all but yeah it was it was very fascinating so i overall i'm glad i watched it i mean even though it was a chore at times but and there were some things that I just didn't really care for, like, you know, the whole the whole Night Sister thing or whatever, you know. I was just like, this is kind of I mean, I get it, space fantasy, why can't it have magic or whatever? It's it is what it is. And, you know, I also have a question. Whatever happened to uh, Ventress? You know, we never really gotta wrap up with her story or whatever. I guess she's just not a I mean, she was a apprentice after all, turned into a bounty hunter, and she doesn't really have her lightsabers anymore, so I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, oh well. But yeah, man, I would I recommend the show? I mean, I would recommend it to anybody that doesn't like the prequel trilogy at all. I would, I would definitely recommend it, because it's like, you know... Take it from someone who doesn't like the prequel trilogy. It made me appreciate the those characters and whatnot. And just all those characters. And all the different perspectives of the war. So, but yeah. And especially that, that last season, man. That last season was just great. Specifically the last four episodes. But yeah. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. Had a fun time. And, you know... That's all I got for this episode. Thank you all for listening. I'm Tristan, and you've just been spoiled.